0: wow i could really use current i also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales i guess i'll just go to their website at current.tech
1: this program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of wpht or its management
2: this is women
0: to watch to rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams
2: women to watch sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is
3: for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change.
2: Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams.
3: True
0: philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women To Watch... Here's your
3: host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and Women to Watch Media. Uh, It's always great to be back in the studio, and I'm going to be joined in just a few minutes by a wonderful guest. Her name is Colette Bunton, and Colette is the CEO of Whistle, which is a technology company that makes trackers for the pet industry Um, so we're going to be talking to her in just a few minutes Um, I also have a very exciting announcement to make this weekend I will be heading to Tennessee to do my first live show in Nashville which is going to be our very next new market so if you happen to have any friends or family down there I hope you'll let them know that we are coming Um, And as always, our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors from Jefferson Health, Fortis Wealth, and Pathways Consulting Group will be with us during the breaks to bring you some really great, uh, valuable, up-to-date information on your health, finance, and technology. So be sure to stay with us as we go into the breaks. And now I'm thrilled to welcome to the show Colette Bunton, again, the CEO of Whistle. Colette, thanks so much for joining me.
4: Thanks for having me, Susan.
3: So you're calling from California, am I right?
4: Yeah, I'm in San Jose, California. My office is in San Francisco. Okay. How is it there today? Um, It's beautiful. It's winter, so it's cold, but it's beautiful blue skies. So nice day. Very nice. I didn't think there
3: was any winter in California. <laughs> I did not well, know you know, If it's outside
4: of 75 degrees,
3: it's winter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, well, listen, I'm excited to talk to you. What a, what a cool company um, you are the head of. And I know there's a lot mm-hmm. going on and, and that you're also one of the the first in the industry, I'll say, to take this um, tracker, this product into to health for pets as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about that later in the show. But I want to give the listeners a, a sense of where you came from and how you landed this top spot. Um, so I understand okay. you were born and raised in California um, mm-hmm. and very first to go to college in your family. Is that right?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. I come from Vallejo, California, which is a shipyard town. So um, not a lot of people from my town went to college to start off with. And um, I got lucky. I got a really good school counselor who saw something in me and got me in as part of a diversity program. So um, really changed my life.
3: That's awesome. And I know that uh, another inspiration in your life um, was your grandmom. And She was a a huge influence on you. I wonder if you can describe that for us.
4: Oh, sure. So um, I was very lucky in that my grandparents were in town and, um, you know, they would come in and um, pick us up from school or pick us up and take us to school, actually, and um, pick us up from school afterwards. And, you know, we did everything from playing school when we were babies to learning how to, you know, read, write, etc. cetera. Um, she was very creative and very much into, um, you know, being able to expand the way that we saw the world. So um, I was very lucky to have her in my life.
3: And where was, where was she from, your grandmother?
4: Oh, my grandmother actually was from Arkansas. Both of my grandparents, my grandmothers were from Arkansas um, and made their way um, to California, you know, when they got married. And um, so, you know, they were they grew up with nothing and um, taught us how to make the most out of what we had. So um, very deep roots with the family.
3: That's wonderful. And, and tell me about uh, mom and dad who married right out of high school. That's always a, yes. a, a nice story. High school sweethearts.
4: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a thing you don't see very much anymore, right? It's just a no. difference in what's going on in in life. Yeah. Um so my parents met in high school juniors in high school and um got married right out of high school, had us Right afterwards, myself and then my sister, and which is why it was so important for our grandparents to be such a big part of our lives, because they were able to help. I can't imagine being you know, 18, 19 and knowing what to do to raise a family. And so my grandparents made a big difference there in just stability and being able to help out. Um, and understanding how to be patient and um you know with, with raising us, yeah, That's an important thing
3: i I want to talk a little bit more about um Mrs. Gowan, your high school counselor okay. and and I would yeah. like to, when you think back on her and really, you know you described her as really changing your life, what do you think it was Absolutely. that she saw in you
4: well i mean it's it's interesting because. You know you never know who's watching you and who is um, seeing people in um, in the community. I actually only had one sit down meeting with mrs. Gowan, and um, you know I think what she saw was um, a kid that was struggling a bit but had potential. I left home at seventeen and so I was on my own, my senior year of high school. And um, you know, but I was still doing the debate team and I was still part of, you know, the marketing team, et cetera. So I was still involved in the community. And um she knew that I didn't have a different way of being able to get into school. And um she sat me down and she said, So what is your plans when you graduate? And I said, Well I'm gonna be, you know, going to sales and I'm gonna be a self made person just like my dad. You know, that's the path that um, I knew and she said, Okay, that's not how it's done anymore. And so let's see if we can get you into this program for the University of Washington, which was um, economically and educationally disadvantaged kids. And so she got me in. And, um, you know, as I said, it changed my life. It really um, gave me a leg up that I wouldn't have had other otherwise. I probably would have been successful, but in a very different way. And um, she gave me what I needed to take that raw drive and passion that I have and turn it into something that the world could actually see.
3: Wow. You know, sometimes having an adult point you in the right direction at the right time can be an enormous impact or have an enormous impact.
4: Absolutely. And it's just a matter of, you know, somebody who knew something that I didn't know. Right. Um, And I've taken that through my entire life. You know, you're, Your perspective is just from your experiences. But as you bring more people in, they can widen your experiences and widen your perspective and help you find ways that you didn't even know existed. And she definitely did that for me.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. Tell me, so why did you leave home at age 17?
4: Um, I was um, basically a pain in the butt for my parents. I was headstrong. (laughs) (laughs) had my own views on um, how the world worked, et cetera. And, um, you know, and we just got to um, the point where, as we had said, they were young and raising me and I was a headstrong, difficult kid. And I remember going in and talking to my parents and saying, I just think that it's time for me to move out. And um, they said, "Okay." And, you know, luckily, um, my my grandparents stayed in very close close contact. So it was never like I was completely on my own. right? Um, but definitely it, um you know, I learned how to work full time and go to school full time and make it all work. And so I just don't think there would have been any other way. I wasn't one of those kids that um, allowed helicopter parenting.
3: Okay, got it. Okay, we're going to go into our first break. I'm talking with Colette Bunton, the CEO of Whistle and stay with us for our health watch. We'll be right back.
2: Watch Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Cancer, never a word you want to hear attached to your name or the name of a loved one. But it's out there, and in many cases, it's still winning. We've made great strides with prevention and cures. Researchers worked around the clock to design screening tests, vaccines, treatments. But as patients, we have a job too. Get regular checkups with your doctor. Like many diseases, the earlier we find a cancer, the more likely the treatment will help. Some of the causes are out of our control, like genes or family history. Let's focus on risks we can control. The usual advice for good health, eat healthy and stay fit. Do not smoke, drink alcohol in moderation, because obesity, smoking, and excess alcohol all add risk for multiple cancers. Get screening exams. This is a test we do when you have no symptoms and no signs of cancer, but we test people at risk. For instance, there's a rise in cases of colon cancer in the U.S. in people over age 50. So we start screening at age 50 or younger if you have a family history of colon polyps or colon cancer. Colon cancer begins as a polyp, a small benign growth in the colon. One-third of people in the U.S. over 50 and a half of people over 60 have polyps. With colonoscopy, we remove the benign polyp and prevent colon cancer. Brilliant colon cancer the second leading cause of cancer death in men and women. In fact, more people die of colon cancer than breast cancer. And it's probably the most preventable cancer. So we have this great information, but more than a third of Americans aren't getting screened. Join the Blue Lights campaign. Each year, over 30 buildings in Philly shine in blue during March, Colon Cancer Awareness Month, urging people to get tested, even if it's just a stool test. Put a strand of blue lights on the entrance of your business or home, a blue bulb in your porch light. Help us share the message that colon cancer is common, but with screening, is preventable. Send us a photograph and we'll post it on our website, bluelightscampaign.com. Treat yourself like a diva.
3: Get screened.
2: This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WP.
3: Welcome back. I'm talking to Colette Bunton, the CEO of Whistle, a technology company for the pet industry. And um, Colette, you and I had a, a wonderful conversation before the show. And one of the things you shared with me that I kind of made a note about was um, a phrase that you said you love. And that is intoxication by possibilities.
1: And, you know, <laughs>
3: yes. I think that kind of sums up your energy, right? And and mm-hmm. who you are a little bit. So talk to me about that, what that means to you and how it carries over into
4: being a leader. Sure, sure. So, um... You know, I think that there's, I come from sales. So that's part of how I mentally am, am built an understanding of the world around me. And one of the things you learn in sales pretty early is that there's some people who you talk to from a framework of fear. And, you know, they're trying to keep bad things from happening. And there's a set of people who are all about what is the potential of whatever you're talking about. And I'm definitely one of those. Um, if I am looking at a problem, I typically get energized about what impact um, solving that problem would have for me and for the people around me. And, um, you know, and that's kind of how I look at the world. When all the companies that I've been with in, um, in my career have really been about Making the I've been in consumer companies mainly um, making the consumer's life better, whether that is the main thing that they're doing or just the little edges of being able to you know make an experience better or being able to help something do something you know do whatever they're trying to do better and that really excites me. Um, in the case of of where I am now with whistle, um it's even more important because we're not talking about human beings that we can make the difference in their lives, but we're talking about our pets. And I'm a huge dog person. And so um, anything that I can do in making pets' lives better and dogs' lives better um, really gets me excited.
3: I, I think in general, the you know, the pet industry is there's so much going on out there than certainly when mm-hmm. we were growing up. So there are, a, you know, an enormous amount of possibilities, especially with technology and you know, before
4: well, and, go ahead. I was gonna say, and to your point, when I was growing up, you know, dogs slept in and lived in the backyard. Um, now at least in my house, they're in my bed. So um <laughs> the the relationship is totally different. <laughs> they're they're a lot more spoiled today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. You know, people think of them as true family members, not right. a animal. It, absolutely.
3: Right. I mean, there are <laughs> spas, right? There are spas out there for, for pets today.
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of people wouldn't think of leaving their dog in the backyard all day long. It's like, you know, four hours. And after that, you know, you need a babysitter to come in, et cetera. It's a very different world than the pet world today.
3: Yeah. So before joining Whistle, you had led teams who built hardware and software um, for companies Mm -hmm. such as Roku. Can you tell Mm -hmm. me about your leadership style? So in addition to, you know, yourself being motivated by possibilities, how is it that you lead your team and get them to be excited and motivated as well?
4: Yeah, um, so It's a combination of the two things that we've talked about so far. One is collaborating and getting more ideas in. Um, I'm a big... Believer, as we had talked about, in that I don't know everything. In fact, I don't know a lot. And the more people you can bring into the conversation and help them build the dream with you, um, or help them build the dream with you, is is huge, right? Because the dream becomes bigger, the possibilities become bigger, and the the energy and the excitement around that just builds. You can feel as even as I'm talking about it, I can feel this heat in my body rise about just the excitement of a bunch of people focusing on how to make an impact in the world. And so I lead from that. Um, I lead from asking people questions and getting their perspectives and seeing what their dreams are.
3: Mm. Um, so I know one of the things that's challenging for you personally is the ability to, to slow down and not be working.
4: Um, <laughs> Right. And so are you working on that? (laughs) I'm always working on that. But I think, you know, it's one of the challenges that I have with um, the things that I do. I'm so passionate about. And so, you know, I wake up thinking about a problem or I wake up thinking about how I can um, do something differently. I mean, since I had mentioned that I, my dog sleeps in my bed, I immediately wake up thinking about dogs because, uh, partially because <laughs> of that. Are um, you dreaming about and, dogs? <laughs> oh yeah. You get sometimes, ideas. You, you know. that's true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I go to the dog park and I talk to people about dogs, etc. Yeah. I mean, it is just such a. Whatever I do is such a big part of my life. I mean, Roku is as well was part of you know, entertainment for me. I was, you know, watch Netflix and Amazon Prime and, you know, thinking about how that experience could be better is part of it. And, you know, even with Logitech, it was, you know, all the things that you touch on the edge on computing, computing and gaming, et cetera. So, you know, where I work is where I live. And so it's hard to not have that be constantly ongoing. I guess the main thing that I am trying to do is, you know, doing more meditation so that you shut off all of that. You sit quietly and um, try to breathe and then try to shut all of those other pieces off. Um, The part I haven't gotten down yet is working out more. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do everything perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) And that is, definitely an area I'm not doing (laughs) perfectly Right.
3: Well, you're busy. You're busy working. And you know, here's a question for you, because we talk all the time on the show about um, the fact that people in general are working too hard, too much, long Mm -hmm. hours. But on the flip side, if your work is really energizing you and you're excited and you enjoy it, should you be forcing Mm -hmm. yourself to kind of take a step back? Or is that just a part of your life? You know, that That really is enjoyable. Yeah,
4: I I think it is the balance of the stress is really what we need to balance. That's right. Um, Because as as I had said, for me, it is my life and Mm. it does bring me great joy. And I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, The meditation in particular helps with um, just... Being able to focus and slowing things down so they're not so stressful, right. and um, being able to hear people a bit better. Um, and then the reason why I need to work out more is—you could tell I'm always like half half empty, half full—is um, because for your body, you need to be able to deal with the stress that it takes on your body, and you know you have to be able to feed and take care of it. And so, working out is important.
3: Yeah, well. absolutely. Listen, we're going to go into our next break. And when we come back, I want to talk about just women in technology in general. Stay with us for our finance watch.
1: If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today, because tomorrow is waiting women to watch finance watch.
5: Hi, this is Maggie. And this is Terry. And we're from Fortis Wealth. When you're picking your asset allocation for your 401k or other investment account, or your advisor suggests an allocation, you may hear terms like U.S. large cap, international stocks, corporate bonds, cash. Many advisors and pundits use specialized language. Since most of us are not sophisticated investors, we thought we'd translate some of the popular terms into everyday English. Today, we'll describe different types of stocks, also referred to as equities. Let's start with large cap stocks. Terry, what are they? Well, cap is short for capitalization, which is determined by multiplying the current share price by the number of shares outstanding. An example of a U.S. large cap stock would be Apple, which became the first stock to exceed $1 trillion market cap in 2018. U.S. large cap stocks as a class are thought to be less risky as they tend to be very stable and dominate their industry. As an asset class, they have outperformed other types of stocks in the last few years. My 401k also offers mid-cap and small-cap stocks. Tell me about those. Mid-cap stocks, by definition, have a market cap between $1 billion and $5 billion. Examples include Planet Fitness and Log Me In. Small cap stocks have market caps between 300 million and 2 billion such as Papa John's and Redfin. What about international stocks? They are offered by companies based in a non-US country. You may have heard of Nestle, Alibaba, and Samsung, for example. Why would I want to own them? Well, right now international stocks as a class are priced more cheaply compared to US stocks. Many experts think they are poised to outperform US stocks in the next few years. Keep in mind that we're describing very general classes of stocks. Any particular stock can perform differently than others in the same class. Why not just invest in the stocks that are doing the best right now? Well, that's a great question. But one important reason is that different types of stocks generally do not perform the same way at the same time. When one asset class is declining in price, others may be rising. Diversification can help to lower the overall risk of loss that comes with owning only one type of stock. This is Terry, And this is Maggie. Peace out.
3: Let's with Surago on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm having a wonderful conversation with Colette Bunton, the CEO of Whistle, um, a, again a technology company that makes trackers uh, for the pet industry. And uh, again, before we get into you know the product and service that you're uh, creating and managing, you've been in technology for over twenty years. Um, growing mm-hmm. consumer electronic brands, and I wanted to know what you've learned um, about women in the field are Are you seeing it as a struggle uh, you know to get more women in the field? Are you seeing more positivity? What can you share?
4: Sure, so I think when I started, um, there were definitely less women at the table. And it's a strange thing because as I talk to people, um, you know, there's always the question of, um, you know, how do we feel about equality, et cetera. And I've always been lucky in that I've been in companies where I've felt like I've had an equal place at the table. But what I did notice is there weren't a lot of women at the table with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that over time. Grow and expand um, within my company. You know, we do focus on being able to have a you know diverse group within within the company, mm-hmm. and we have you know forty eight percent of our team is is women, and which is I love about it because. Um, we're heavily engineering. Over 50% of our people in our company are engineers and seeing more and more women coming to the engineering ranks makes a big difference. I also think that we're going to see more of um, more women coming into the ranks and that there's more STEM programs and STEAM programs happening that are actively reaching out to girls early in their lives and giving them you know, the, the, the perspective that they can go into these spaces. And um, that's really exciting to me. And Because, you know, really at the end of the day, engineering is problem solving and women are great problem solvers. That's right. And so being able just to think of the skill set that we inherently have mm-hmm. and showing a different avenue for them, I think is is a huge thing. Is going to make a big difference in what we see in the future in the, in, in the industry.
3: You know that's a great point, and I think it speaks to the why of um, you know why does it matter? And I was going to ask you that you know what is your why for um, why we need more women in technology? You know, people yeah, they are talking a lot about it, but what specifically is the reason? And that's one of them as as problem solvers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's certainly a gift. What else do you see as a reason why we need it?
4: Um, so you know, I think it's the collaborative. Way of how we're solving problems because the problems are getting more complex. Yes. Um, Especially as you look in technology, no one problem, no one product solves the problem. You have to work across different companies. You have to partner, and so partnering and and collaborating is such an important part to um, being able to solve the problem. Not invented here doesn't solve the problem and so that's another really important thing and then you know i just think the other is women tend to persevere. So it is a, you know, you have to get the job done, whether it's in normal life and, you know, what you have to do to run your household Mm -hmm. or whether it's in business. And what I see in women is they put their heads down and they keep driving forward, finding new creative ways of solving problems. But there's always driving forward to the goal at the end.
3: Right. Okay. so let's talk about Whistle and, and what exactly the product are, um that you make and mm-hmm. what you're most excited about right now as a company moving
4: forward. Sure. So we are a pet wearable. And um, so some people would like to say we're a Fitbit for dogs. And I think that's a good analogy as far as what we are doing in the pet care space, um, matching to what's happening in the human space. Um, we take information and technology um, from the, the, um, Charm We put on the dog's collar and gather information about the dog, whether it's scratching, whether it's eating, how far it's walked, um, information about what you're feeding it, et cetera, and start to get a profile of that dog's life. And through that, what we're able to do is help you solve problems as a pet parent because parenting is hard whether it's human or whether it's pet to know what to do whether you know it is am I feeding them enough am I walking them enough are they getting enough sleep we're able to help provide the pet parent with some insights on whether you know whether there's a change going on with their dog and also how their dog is compared to other dogs and then based off of that you know, notifying if there's something they should be looking at a little bit more carefully, etc., and then giving them some information on how they can help care for their pet. So, you know, this is one of those things where you really can make an impact in both the human's life and also the pet's life, and I love that. Well, especially since the dog can't talk,
3: <laughs> right, and exactly. tell you what it's feeling or going through or needing or it's, right, it's amazing that we have exactly. technology to do that.
4: Exactly. And, you know, and it plays into a couple of different things. One is, even though at Whistle, we are dog friendly, so everybody can bring their dogs in. And at times we have 10 dogs in the office and we're only like 60 people. So there's a lot of dogs (laughs) compared to people, but not everybody can bring their dog into the office. And, you know, with that, you can't, while you can feel like you know exactly what's going on with your dog, you don't see what they're doing when they're at home by themselves. And if they are scratching or, you know, doing whatever they're doing, eating things, so they shouldn't. Able to give you... Yeah, exactly. Right. right. They're always <laughs> exactly. doing that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so we're able to, you know, give you a little bit of information that not only does the dog not able to tell you, but you may not know because you're not with them all the time. So, you know, I think, that's one of the big things. The other is we like um, to help ourselves, especially as you get into the younger and younger of us. Um, you know, we would rather get the information on an app on our phone and be able to do at least a, a first level of self-help and self-diagnosis and self care, and we're able to help with that as well. And so I'm pretty excited about um, where the technology is now, and how we're able to apply that to really making the pets' lives better.
3: And you know what? Some people might think that a lot of this is too much, but when you know, preventative measures are always better than than not
4: knowing, yes. right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and and you know, and it's preventative from health, but it's also just you know, good lifestyle, right? We are, um, you know, we were just talking about are we exercising enough, et cetera, and part of. What we're able to do with this is one for your breed of dog, et cetera, be able to help you monitor what is the appropriate amount of activity for your dog. And remember, activity isn't just walking and running, activity is playing. And so, the thing that I love, the stories I love to hear from people is that. This activity that they're trying to do for the dog has gotten their kids out, outside, mm, right? right? So the kids, they've said, you know, I'm trying to get my kid off of playing video games all the time. I can't get him out of the house. But, you know, they will go and take the dog for the extra 10 minutes or 20 minutes so they can get their badge. The dog can get its badge for having had a perfect beak, for example. Yeah. And we didn't even and mention,
3: that. yeah, the, you know, the dog's okay. being lost, tracking the dog if, to find the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's another thing. Yeah. Listen, we have to go into our last break. And when we come back, you mentioned partnerships. I want to talk about your partnership with Banfield. Oh, sure. Okay. Stay with us for our Tech Watch. We'll be right back. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will
5: align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow
0: partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting
2: Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Now, the women to watch. Hi, I'm Mary
0: Mansa from Pathways Consulting Group. I was reading an article published by ServiceNow, one of the leading enterprise service management cloud platform companies. In the article, they surveyed 2001 American office workers, and I found the results fascinating and I thought I would share. The 2001 workers, 58% wished their work was more meaningful. The workers felt they spent 40% of their time doing mundane tasks in the office. 45% said they would rather clean their bathroom than figure out HR benefits. 37% would rather be stuck in traffic than troubleshooting a broken printer by themselves. Imagine if you could automate a request for these two things, and your request automatically was received by the right individual in your company that handles these issues instead of you trying to figure it out all by yourself. The article revealed that the workers felt mundane work leaves them feeling like they're wasting their time unmotivated, stressed, frustrated, and not living up to their potential. If work had more meaning, they would enjoy their job, be more efficient, happier, be further along in their career, and stay at their current job longer. When automation can handle up to 45% of repetitive work, it gives workers time for higher value tasks such as problem solving, finding solutions, and developing new ideas. At Pathways, we implement ServiceNow, which is a cloud-based platform that automates tasks for HR, IT, customer service, finance, audit, and so much more, even tasks that go across departments. Automation can provide a multitude of benefits to any organization and to you. Leveraging and embracing the change that automation can bring to the workplace will most definitely remove some of the mundane and your workforce will become substantially improved and efficient. For more information, contact me at mary at pathwayscg.com.
3: I have Colette Bunton with me this evening, the CEO of Whistle, and um, you had mentioned, you know, the um, the value of partnerships, and I, I understand you have a partnership with Banfield. Can you tell us what's yeah. in the works with that?
4: Sure. So um, just as a little bit of background, we're part of Mars Pet Care so and so is Banfield. So it is a you know, your your cousin helping you and what you're trying to do in your business. And in partnership with Banfield, we've been talking about the data and the information that we've gotten about customers, um, our customers. Um, they have helped us recruit 60,000 citizen scientists. And that is people who said, OK, I have a whistle and I am willing to let you know um, what dog is you know, eating, drinking, whatever's going on, sending videos, answering surveys, etc., and also being able to provide their medical records for their dog for us in the effort of being able to, you know, provide science to be able to make pets' lives better. Mm. And, you know, that's something that we couldn't do. It's been a two-year survey um, um, research project, and we couldn't have done it without the help of Banfield. And together, what we're trying to do is find ways in which pet parents' Are looking to be able to take care of their pet more effectively, um, to um, make longer lives for pets, and um, to keep keep them healthy and safe. And um, it's just the strength of them as a company has been huge in us being able to get these insights.
3: Yes, you know the the ability to get analytics today um, makes me wonder how we figured things out before, <laughs> right at our fingertips. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, I think it saves us in speed for sure. Yes,
3: absolutely. Um uh, not that numbers are my thing. That that's my least favorite thing to look at or do, you know, uh analyze, but um mm-hmm. tell me about what kind of consulting do you do with veterinarians?
4: So, um what we what we do with veterinarians really is um we provide information from the the users themselves. Up to the vets. So, as a pet parent, um, I can share anything um, about the health of my dog through my whistle, actually directly to the pet to the veterinarian. And so, you know, that's really what we're doing as far as providing information back and forth um, through the data analytics. What we're able to do is also be able to show, you know, what is. Normal. What are trends that are changing, et cetera, in the population that we have of our pets? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, all of the citizen scientists have you know provided that information um, voluntarily. So you know, from a privacy point of view, but it really is a matter of being able to see a pet through their life and as things are changing in their lives, and us as a community being able to learn um, what cause and effects are, et cetera to be able to, you know, make the right products and help the parents with insights.
3: Right. So, Colette, tell me um, what, this is not a very uh, creative question, but a typical Mm -hmm. day for you, you know, as the CEO of a technology company, there's a lot of things going on. I would love to know, you know, what is a typical day? What are you
4: doing um, all day long? So um, the great thing about my job is it's never the same. So, um, But I'll tell you what I love about doing in my job all day long is I am talking to people all day. And whether it is people outside as I'm talking to other partnerships, whether that be somebody who's making a smart bowl, because they hear I'm doing something in nutrition and how to be able to work with food, Um, or whether I'm talking to one of the new food subscriptions that are coming out and um, how they're working on that, or um, whether I'm talking to one of my product managers who feels like they have a great idea for how to be able to solve a problem in pet parenting. I am spending all all of my day and all my time Listening to people's dreams and their visions, and um, talking about it, and helping them hone it, and helping them figure out how to be able to make those a reality—it's really fun. So, do
3: you spend time speaking to groups? Um, as I, I mean, I just know that so much of what you love is is motivating others and inspiring others. Are you taking that mm-hmm. interest um, into other arenas to to be out more in public?
4: I really need to do that more so no <laughs> I haven't done that as much as I would like um, I've really had most of that be um, driving my own teams and um, so yeah I shouldn't be looking at that. I do a little bit of mentoring frankly in um, you know in the areas of diversity for like the University of Washington um, I also, do um, work with little kids. And that really is around reading. I am dyslexic. And so being able to overcome that and being able to inspire kids who have the issue are are big things for me. But from the industry point of view, no, I don't speak nearly as much as I probably should.
3: Well, there's only so many hours in the day. I don't want to put pressure on you. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you're not out speaking? (laughs) You're running a company. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so you know what um, m- mentioning dyslexia that that's a huge part of your story I would say and that's interesting is that something you recognized when you were young or did you find that out later in life
4: Found it out much much later in life um really what we knew is how I processed information in um pictures and drawings and how important kinetic um communication was to me and oral communication was to me Mm. um, and how slow I was in reading and um, how hard of a time I had in comprehension with it. And so um, what I found is that I constantly moved to group projects, the things that everybody else runs away from, you know, doing the dreaded group project. Um, I ran too because I could process that better and Mm. it was a way in which I could um, contribute versus, you know, being in a library writing papers. Yeah. And so it wasn't until much, much later that we actually were able to diagnose what it was.
3: That's really interesting. And I bet, you know, there's some listeners um, who have it as well. And mm-hmm. if there's someone listening that is is suspect of it, is there something you could share um, that might be a sign and, and have it be worth their while to get it checked out?
4: Yeah, I, I think there's good thing for kids nowadays, as opposed to you know thinking that you're just not smart. There's a lot of ways in which they're being tested, so you could find that, um, you know, and and help them get the the, the skills on being able to um, to learn in the future. Um, but I think it's it's a matter of looking at what your communication skills are and how you um, process information would give you some of the links into areas of um, looking into solving
3: yeah and I think it's so great that we talked a lot openly today about the different ways um, people learn and children learn and it's not mm-hmm. all the same across the board um, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. and
3: and you're right it does. Yeah. some kids feel this they're not understanding because they're not learning in the proper the way that that they would uh, learn best and then they think they're not exactly. smart
4: yeah. Yeah, and for somebody like me, it shaped my entire career because you know, in the collaboration and problem solving, it is you know, it it drove me to working face to face, hand to hand with people. Yeah, um, and it could be a really positive thing.
3: Yeah, I bet that's great. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, thank you so much, Colette, for sharing your story with us, and I hope you'll stay in touch. Thanks, Susan. Have a great day. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much to my sponsors and my on-air contributors for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.